Jonah chapter 1, the first six verses says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to, to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us now through your written word, the Bible, and through your Holy Spirit, who is amongst us now as we worship. May we all leave encouraged and built up and ready to live our whole lives to your glory. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. So for the next few weeks through Lent, we're going to be working our way through the book of Jonah. And today is installment one. So you're here on a good day in terms of learning about this book. It's a short book and fits onto about two pages of your Bible. So through Lent, through this season that's just begun, you could easily read it many times over. It's not a long book, not one that will take you ages and ages to get through. But it is a powerful book. And we believe that God has kind of led us to this to consider for these weeks because it's got loads to say both with what's going on in the world at large at the moment, as will become clear when I start speaking in a moment, but also it will help us to think what's going on in here. You know, it does, deals with the big questions of nationality and race and violence, but it also deals with the internal questions of my brokenness, my sin, my difficulty and shame. Can I encourage you this Lent, as we journey through it on a Sunday, to consider reading it midweek as well. We're going to put some resources on our website, different books and podcasts and worship songs and things that are all around this theme, because we don't just want to read it and move on quickly. We want to read it and pour over it, delve into its depths and work out what it might mean for us. We'd love to invite you onto that journey so that together we might all learn what this has to say this short and powerful book. Many people think they know what Jonah is about. If I was to say Jonah and the, everyone says whale. Some people say big fish, depending on the translation of the Bible. Everyone thinks Jonah is about this whale, this big fish that he gets swallowed up into. And it is about that, but that only appears in two verses of this book. Some people kind of think, well, that's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? And kind of discount the whole of Jonah because of this fish incident, this big whale that they've heard a Bible story about. If that's you, don't let that detract from the rest of the book. It's two verses, and we'll deal with that next week. But Jonah's got loads of other things to say. It deals with a prophet, someone who's supposed to hear God and speak his word and how he responds. It deals with how you relate to people who are different from you. 
It deals with forgiveness and mercy and God's goodness and so many other things. So yes, it is about a whale, a big fish, but it's also about so much more. And I want us to delve into its riches through this season. Jonah's a really unusual account. There's not another book in the Bible that's like it. Because Jonah is a prophet. So prophets are supposed to hear from God and then speak that out to other people. But as we've already read, Jonah hears and basically says, no, and runs in the opposite direction. There aren't many other books that operate like that in scripture. Surely the people that are named in the books, Jonah himself is supposed to be the hero of the story. But in the first few verses, he's already declined God's call and run in the opposite direction. The first half of Jonah is him running away from what God wants him to do. And the second half is him struggling to do what God's asked him to, even when he starts to correct his course. This is a fascinating, interesting book and an account which is repeatedly looked back on in the New Testament. Jesus himself says, I am the true and greater Jonah in Matthew chapter 12. uh, Jesus and others look back on this account and says it's really important. And so I want us to consider it for this time. Ultimately, Jonah is about three things, and we're going to journey through them through the rest of our time together today. The whole book is about three things, I believe. The first, Jonah is about God's great mercy. Now, mercy isn't maybe a word that you use every day, but mercy is about compassion. Mercy is about kindness. Mercy is about God's favour towards someone. Mercy is about a superior or a judge getting someone off a punishment. You know, you have mercy on someone to not give them that penalty or that length of time in prison, whatever it might be. Mercy is not holding against someone something that they've done wrong against you. It's wiping their slate clean. Mercy is a bit like having a debt owed And mercy comes along and says, account settled. This whole book is about God's mercy, his kindness, his compassion, his favour towards people who do wrong against him. God's mercy is his decision to show kindness to the people who sin against him. Now again, sin is one of those big churchy words, isn't it? You might not use that every day, but sin is ultimately anything that you do which hurts God which hurts other people, and so in the process, it hurts you as well. Sin is putting yourself before God and saying, I'm more important than following God's way. Sin's a bit like a virus that we've all been infected with, but we've also all played our part in. And it's a thing that God hates. It's a thing that breaks God's heart because it's not the way he wanted the world to be. So God sees it, he reckons with it even though it breaks him, and then he wipes it off us with his love. Mercy is amazing. It's a mystery and it's a miracle in every way. And Jonah, this book, is all about God's mercy towards people who do wrong against him. And as we'll see as we continue to read it, that includes me and that includes you. And it's why baptism is so important, because that's the way that we wash clean people. They come to God with their faith and he cleanses them, and baptism is a sign that that has happened. 
First thing then, Jonah is about God's mercy. Second thing, Jonah is about who gets to receive God's mercy. Who's in and who's out? God's great mercy is there, but who gets to access it and who doesn't get to access it? And how do we decide who's in which camp? Jonah wrestles, as we will see, with who is included and who is not. Jonah, for a little bit of backstory, was a nationalist kind of a guy. We read in Two Kings that he fought a war on behalf of God's people. He was quite aggressive, he was quite violent, he was a nationalistic kind of guy. We are right, my people have got the right way, and we want to destroy or harm everybody who's not us. Jonah was an interesting kind of character. Jonah lived in a, in a Jewish city at this time, the people that followed God, the people of Israel. And he was being sent to Nineveh, which was a non-Jewish city. And it wasn't just any old city, it was the capital city of this whole empire. So Jonah, this person that's trying to follow God, is being sent to a people who don't follow God, who he really hates, if we're being honest. And it's him trying to decide, what do I do about that? Most prophets spoke to God's people. They came and they gave a message to the church, to the people of Israel. And if they did need to send a message to someone that was outside it, they'd write it down and send it to them. This is the first time in scripture where God sends someone from a place that worships him to a place that doesn't. And let's be honest, in going along, Jonah was risking his life because those people didn't like him just as much as he didn't like them. So God called Jonah, this nationalist guy, to go to Nineveh, this capital city of the empire that opposed him and the empire that opposed all that he stood for. Nineveh was violent. It was bloodthirsty. It was cruel. It was a nasty place to be. And Jonah feared for what might happen as he went there. God asked Jonah to send them a warning, to say your wickedness, your cruelty has risen up against me and I need to do something about it. Now at first, that might sound really bad news. At first, that might sound like God's being really mean. God's saying, preach against this city because their wickedness has risen up against me. But think about it again. For God to give these people a warning means that God is ready for these people to heed his warning and change their ways. God could have come down and said, right, you've had it, you've blown your last chance, I'm cutting myself off from you, I'm destroying you, I'm doing whatever. But he didn't, he came and said, these people deserve one last warning, one last chance to change their ways. And I think Jonah knew that. He said, well, if I'm going to preach a message of warning well that means there's a chance for them to heed the warning and I don't think they should have to because they've been really nasty to me they are the kind of territory I don't want God to show mercy to because I don't think God should be kind to people like that and so Jonah flees so being asked to go to Nineveh and give this message was to say that there was a chance that these people might heed the message and change their ways. And Jonah couldn't handle it. Jonah is a book about who gets to receive God's mercy. Jonah says, Nineveh, no. They're too bad. They're too wrong. They're too far gone. They shouldn't get it because I don't like them. 
I should get your mercy, God, but they shouldn't. And we'll see what God's response to that message is. So first thing, Jonah is about God's mercy. Second thing, it's about who gets to receive God's mercy. And thirdly, it's about what God is like. Who is this God who would be kind to people that haven't been kind to him? Who is this God that would offer forgiveness to people who've slandered him again and again? Who is this God who warns people ahead of time who don't follow him and gives them another chance to turn around and relent? How good and kind and gracious is God to give us another opportunity to change our ways, even when we've blown a hundred already. Jonah is about God's character, his nature, his mercy towards us. It's about a God who sees injustice and evil out in the world, but also inside our hearts and wants to do something about it. Jonah is about the goodness and the kindness of God. And that's a message we need to receive and take on board here today just as much as they did way back then. Really quickly, we're going to journey through the six verses that I've read to make sure that we've pulled out all that there is in there and to set us up for the next week's instalment. So Jonah 1 starts... And Jonah, this nationalist guy, receives a message from God to preach against the great, capital, evil city of Nineveh, world-leading in its way. Jonah receives this message to give those people one last warning, one last chance to change their ways and risks himself in the process of going. Now, Jonah is a prophet. He's supposed to hear God's call and then do what God says. But even in verse 3... Jonah declines the call of God. He hears it. God wants me to go over there to Nineveh. I don't want to do it. And he doesn't just stay where he is and kind of roots himself in his disobedience. He says, if you want me to go over there, God, I'm going to get as far over there as I possibly can. Nineveh was in one direction, and Joppa and then Tarshish were in a completely opposite direction. It's a little bit like God saying, go to John O'Groats, and you running all the way down to Land's End. He's trying to get as far away from this as possible, because it repulses him so much that he would consider going to that place. Jonah says, God won't want me in Nineveh, but I can't stand that place, so I'm going to go all the way over here instead. You might want me to go over land, but I'm going to get on a boat. Every way he could have been disobedient, he was. And then what happens is as he gets on this boat to go in the opposite direction, a great storm hits the boat. So violent a storm that the sailors, who haven't done anything wrong, start to think, well, what on earth is this? Sailors knew boats, right? That's their job. That's what they did all day long. Sailors knew storms. That's what they had to face all day long. But this was a storm that caught them by surprise, that was bigger and worse than everything else that they'd received or seen already. And they said to Jonah, well, what on earth? Who is this God that you worship? What have you done against them? Because there's more to this storm than we've ever seen before. Think about it. Jonah, the person that's supposed to hear from God and do what he says, is running away. But these sailors who don't know God, who've got no concept of him, are seeking him out and trying to do right by him. 
Jonah flips everything on its head because the people who are supposed to follow God kind of don't and the people that aren't supposed to follow God kind of do. It's mind-bending and turns things upside down and again helps us to call into question who deserves God's mercy because these sailors seem to be following God better than Jonah is. Jonah, still trying to escape, is asleep, sleeping, sleeping through this storm, but awoken by them to say, what on earth is going on? Who is this God that you're running from and how can we get right with him? And next week, we'll see how the story continues with our next instalment. For now, and for this Lent, let's remember three things in line with those three themes from Jonah. The first, remember this Lent that you need God's mercy, that I need God's mercy, his kindness, his compassion, his willingness to wipe my slate clean. I need that this Lent just as much as anybody else. Remember this time that God has mercy towards you, that you need it because you, like a sheep, have gone astray. You've walked according to your own way. Second thing, let's remember that we don't deserve God's mercy. None of us deserve God's mercy. You can't credit up enough in the bank account to deserve this from God. You can't achieve something so great that God has to be merciful in response. None of us deserve it. All of us are given it as a free, unmerited gift. And if we've received it, though we didn't deserve it, everyone else has received it on that basis too. The people who you'd expect to get it and the people that you wouldn't. The people who are like you and the people that aren't. The people who you like and the people that you don't. God's mercy is available to everyone and he is the one that decides who gets to receive it. Third and final thing before we pray and worship to end. Let's remember and celebrate God's mercy this Lent. Let's remember that he is good and kind towards us. Let's thank him for being willing to wipe our slate clean because the way he was able to do that was by sending Jesus whose clean slate was then covered over with our sin and our shame. We, the dirty, were cleaned because Jesus, the clean, was made dirty. We've been baptised and cleansed because the one who didn't need cleansing took all the muck and the dirt and the shame on himself. Remember and celebrate this Lent that there is a God who wants to do something about the evil in the world, but also wants to do something about the evil inside us. And so sent Jesus in our place. Jonah is a brilliant book. We're going to have a great time considering it. And I'm praying that we might realise new depths in the mercy of God as we do it.